TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Eddard with a half smile on his face, a brand new mustache, spins the ball in his hand, lets it go. It's good. Nothing but net. 67-64. Four seconds left. Ivy speeds up the middle of the floor. Ivy from the logo lets it go. No good for the first time in NCAA history. A 15 seed will head to the Elite Eight as St. Peter's has defeated Purdue 67-64. They're peacocks. You've got to let them fly. And they're flying into the East Region Championship this Sunday. Well, well, that is our pal Tom McCarthy channeling the the words of uh, Will Ferrell and, and Mark Wahlberg in the other guys. <laughs> An obscure reference, but but a great job. By the way, a phenomenal call by you. Uh, well, thank to, you to end that game, which you did a great game. We know Tom, of course, normally as the Phillies television play by play guy. He had the opportunity uh, to do NCAA games. He and Will Purdue, and and who knew Tom that you were going to get that classic? I just want to start by you setting the scene. What was the emotion at the Wells Fargo Center on Friday night when it was just one of the great upsets in tournament history? Well, Glenn, it, it was kind of, I know people have talked about this, but it was kind of like Hickory in Hoosiers when everybody started cheering for Hickory against the powerhouse from downtown Indianapolis. I mean, North Carolina fans, UCLA fans, I mean, they were behind St. Peter's the entire time. Now, of course, they probably wanted to face St. Peter's and not Purdue, but that added to the emotion because those guys had most of the tickets. You know, I mean, North Carolina and UCLA, they travel pretty well, so... Mm-hmm. It was packed because of basketball fans in the area, but also because of UCLA and North Carolina. So they were kind of, <laughs> they were bringing the life to the arena, quite frankly. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, we were talking before the ball game, and, and I didn't think that St. Peter's really had a chance based on the film that I had watched of two of their regular season games. And I just thought that the, the size of, uh, of Purdue was just going to dominate them. But well, sure. I'll tell you, their their guards are really good. They're really good. Yeah, and when you get to this, when you get to the postseason and you get to the tournament, guard play is critical. Yep. Um, you, you need to have guards that can control the pace of the game and make the game move at your pace. Uh, and these guys do it really well. I, you know, it comes down to the you know, they've already knocked they've already knocked off Kentucky. They've knocked off Purdue, um, and here they take they take on yet another giant. In North Carolina, and I was looking at at some statistics, Tom. Just in in terms of NCAA tournament history, NCAA bids 
all time. North Carolina, 52. St. Peter's, four. four. Fi- final fours. North Carolina, 20. St. Yep. Peter's, zero. Yeah. Championship, six. North Carolina, St. Peter's, obviously, zero. So if you ever wanted the David Goliath, um, I mean, this this is clearly it. And even though people will look at North Carolina as an eight seed and not one of the great North Carolina teams, it's really not about where you're seated. It's about how you're playing right now. And North Carolina right. comes in, came into this tournament playing really good basketball. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, it's funny. Both coaches yesterday were kind of um, – they were taken aback by some of the comments. Uh, Hubert Davis – was taken aback by the comments that, hey, you're peaking at the right time. You had a lot of expectations coming into this year. You were the 19th team in the country, and you just didn't live up to it. And, you know, now you've seen to have gelled. And he said, you know, guys, we've won 15 of 18. It's not like we have just limped into the NCAA tournament. And he, so he kind of took umbrage to that. And where Shaheen, I said to Shaheen yesterday, I said, watching the MAC tournament game, I said, and I, I said, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. I said, watching the MAC championship game, I said, I, I think you guys are head and shoulders better now than in that game. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, I thought you struggled in that first half of that game and were lucky to survive. I said, but you are a totally different team. And he brought up a good point that Monmouth had played them three times, so they kind of knew everything that they were going to do. And these teams have no idea how St. Peter's is going to play. Yeah. Now, I think I think North Carolina's got their – I think that, that they've got North Carolina's attention. So, um, yeah, it was interesting yesterday, but you're right. I mean, North Carolina, you know, is an eight seed, and uh, but they are playing well, and the Peacocks have won 10 – straight games which is the longest streak in the in college basketball right well now. your your call there by the way will will live for a long time on that uh, regardless of what happens <laughs> because it was really well, great it's it's funny glenn because you know patrick my oldest son for forever since the movie came out he and tommy my second son would always throw out to to myself and meg when they would be going somewhere we'd be like i don't know about that and they would always say hey Mom, Dad, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly because they love that movie. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's in my house all the time, and and it was just one of those things that I was. I mean, I don't know. It. it I don't script any of this stuff out, so it just kind of kind of came to me the last minute or so because it literally is like a McCarthy household saying. And, yeah. Um, well, so the anyway, boys had it, to be delighted. So let's let's move it to Nova uh, Jay Wright. Yeah. And Nova, two wins away from their third championship in six tournaments. By the way, no school has won three titles in that short a span since John Wooden's UCLA dynasty. Uh, but, of course, Justin Moore got injured yesterday, certainly unlikely to play as they go to New Orleans. What's your sense of Villanova and whether they can, whether they can survive against Kansas? Well, I do think they can survive. Um, th- that injury, and you guys know at this point in the year, they don't go deep anyway. They go six guys. So that injury is that, – that's like losing Gillespie last year to the knee injury. So it's going to be hard for them uh, without him. But I think Jay has become I, – I, I, he's his old man, but he's kind of become Krzyzewski of this era. I agree. I, mean, he, I agree. He is. On so many levels. I mean, you guys, we've all gotten to know him. He's a wonderful person. 
You know, every time he and I text back and forth about different things basketball-wise, he'll always end it with, go Phils, or, you know, <laughs> hey, how about, how about Eflin yesterday? Or, you know, that's something like that. Like, he's, you know, and I've gotten to know him even more because our boys played against each other in independent ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they have a chance. I do. But I think that Kansas is probably <laughs> the most under-the-radar one seed, if they win today. If they beat Miami, the most underrated, under underrated, rated, rated one seed uh, that they've ever been, and they've got you know obviously this this great line of championships. You're you're right, and Glenn and I opened the show. Glenn asked me the question: Jay Wright is the greatest coach in any sport in Philadelphia since when? You know mm-hmm. how how far would you have to go back to find somebody that you would say? Okay, maybe better. Um, I, Tom, I went all the way back, and I'm not even sure Jay, I wouldn't put Jay ahead of him, but I went back to Fred Shiro, which is we're going back almost 50 years to the Flyers' wow. two Stanley Cups. But I can't think of anybody else. And we've won championships in this town since then. Some, some very fine coaches have won championships in this town since then. But to do what Jay has done and build this program and sustain it the way he sustained it in this era of college basketball is a monumental achievement. Yeah, I think the sustainability part of it um, is that's right on. I think that's it. I mean, and it's it's really steady as it goes. And you can take Archie Diakono and replace him with Colin Gillespie. And you can take I don't know. You can take Sadiq Bay and 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 exchange him with you know Justin Moore. You know whoever he has. You know he's gotten to the point, and I think this is why he's a great coach. And I think his staff deserves a lot of this credit, too. He's got to the point where he has gone around the country and stayed local, too, but has figured out, all right, this guy fits my program. He may not be the best, but he fits my program. And I'm going I'm to I'm 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 place him in here. I mean, think about the, the Quinley kid who went to Alabama, had a great career. He didn't fit. I mean, he didn't fit as a freshman. Um, but he has figured out how to, this formula we all wish we had this formula that we could figure out for our life, and he's figured out the formula for his program where he can replace one guy for another year after year after year. All right, Tom, let's move it to the Phillies. Are you headed uh, back down to Clearwater, or are you uh, waiting for the season yeah, I to start? Have actually, I have three flights in the next 24 hours, <laughs> uh, Glenn, just, okay. just in case one gets canceled. Um, all right. Well, so the well, one I'm hoping to make is tonight at 940, and I'll be flying into Orlando and then driving to Clearwater tonight. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I'll be heading uh, well, back to well, tomorrow morning. We, Ray and I are imagining that your season calling these games on television is going to consist of two things. A lot of you <laughs> saying, that ball's deep, it's out of there. And then a lot of you saying, sharp ground ball. Oh, that one's booted. <laughs> well, I, I do. Are you, are you working? Are you practicing those two calls? I'm trying to be diverse with them to not not make them all sound the same. Because right. yeah, um, you're going to have a lot I, of. I do. I I do think that we are going to have a little bit of trouble uh, fielding the baseball. Um, we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be the most dynamic defensive team. Um, but as Joe has been saying, and Joe's been pretty outspoken about it, he he knows, he understands it. So we just got to make the basic plays. Got to make the basic plays. It's, it's base running, but it's fielding. He goes, and we'll be fine if we make the basic plays. And, and I do agree with that. Now, can they make the basic plays? Well, I mean, the only time will tell. But they are built to thump um, Schwarber's eyes when somebody asked him about 
hitting at Citizens Bank Park, uh, his eyes lit up like I haven't seen in a while. So uh, they're going to match, there's no doubt. And, you know, whether they can pitch at the back end and field, I think that'll be, you know, that'll be the big question mark for the team. Yeah, I think you're going to have some long nights, Tom. I think you're going to have some. I think you're going to have some long games, and uh, you're going to be going up to midnight and maybe beyond a lot of times. I, you know, to me, it seems like one of the really key guys. And I, I think in in seeing Joe Girardi's comments, I don't think he wants to put too much pressure on the kid this soon. But I think in the back of his mind, and in the mind of a lot of the Phillies people, is Bryson Stott is is really a key guy. I, I think that. Yeah, it's probably a stretch to think he's going to open with the big club and for the first game of the season. But I'll be willing to bet you two months into the season, he's going to be here and he's going to be the shortstop and they're going to move DD to third base. I, I just see that happening. I just to me it's just a question of when. Yeah, and I wonder today he's playing third. Um and I wonder if if it would be that or if it would be reversed. And I agree with you. I, I do think that he's gonna my feeling is is that any of these prospects, number one picks, and Bones included in this, you know, in order for this team to be successful, you know, Abel and Painter down the road, but these guys have got to provide something. I, I think Bohm has been better, but I, I still think that he's, I, I still think it's a struggle for him, and I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it'll click at some point in his career, but he just defensively and offensively, there's an athleticism that isn't there that I think everybody anticipated would be there. Um, so I think guys like Bryson Stott are going to be important uh, to kind of fill in when needed. I, that's why I was surprised, even though I know he struggled last year, except for, you know, the, the Olympic qualifying and stuff like that, that Luke Williams was let go because there's so, so much diversity there. Um, but again, he's, you know, he's not a, an all-star, but he, yeah. There's diversity. I understand yeah, there's... As, a, as a depth guy, he had value. Yeah. One other guy I want to ask you about, because I haven't heard anything about him this spring, and he was he came out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere, but Ranger Suarez last year mm-hmm. gave them such a great performance um, as, I mean, he eventually became a, a key starter for them uh, and had an, an ERA under two. Uh, what do you what do you hear? What did you see? You've been down there. He had an ERA of one thirty six in one hundred and six innings, uh, and we never talk about him, which suggests to me that people don't think he's for real. What do you think he is? Well, I I do think he's for real. I really do. I think he, um, you know, he's been throwing bullpens. I think we're going to see him in a game this week, and I think that he is. There's, I think there's a little regret that he was not put in the rotation earlier last year. We were actually saying it on the air. I would put him in the rotation. I would put him in the rotation. But he was so good, even as a closer and as a long man. Uh, but I think he is, in a lot of ways, a huge key. The health of Wheeler, the health of Eflin, obviously, yes. But Ranger Suarez is a huge key because I think he could be a 14- or 15-game winner in this league. And he's different than anything the Phillies have in their rotation. Because mm-hmm. he's left-handed, he can throw 95, but he throws 91 or 88. He can do all those things. He's just different, and I think you need to have different. Last question from me, Tom, is, you know, we've, over the last couple of years, we've talked endlessly about the bullpen and how bad the bullpen has been and how many games they've lost because of the bullpen. And they've changed the cast of characters out there, but it's kind of the same kinds of guys. You've picked up mm-hmm. guys from here and there and guys that have had some success in the past and, you're hoping that they can get it back. How do you size up the bullpen as it sits right now? 
Well, I think that what Sir Anthony Dominguez has done uh, so far is pivotal for this bullpen. And if he's at all healthy, uh, that he's going to help. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that the closer's role, at least on paper, is solidified for the time being. Uh, I, I would have loved to have seen maybe one more addition to the bullpen, but I understand that, that was, there wasn't a whole lot out there. You know, once Naris turned down his deal, and I thought they'd bring Naris back to be a setup guy, not a closer, but a setup guy. Um, he got way more money with the Astros. I, I do think it's going to be a work in progress. Right. I think it's just that's the way it is. And maybe that's because we're not as familiar with these guys and their roles, even though we've seen familiar from a distance. Um, but I do think that Sir Anthony Dominguez, if he is healthy, is going to be a huge shot in the arm for this team because his stuff looks amazing right now, even though it's not at 100 miles an hour. It's at 97, 98. I think he is a huge key to the success of this bullpen. That would be, boy, you know what? If if he comes back off of that, that would be such a great, oh, such a great addition great for the team. Too. Yeah, I mean, that's, I know, you know, that's what they say. The old joke, best, best shape of my life in spring training, but he does look really good. <laughs> yeah. so. Hey, uh, last thing, and it has nothing to do with baseball. It has nothing to do with NCAA. Uh, my wife and I are watching um, the show This Is Us the other day. Are you familiar with the show? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, that, that's not true. My wife and I watched the show This Is Us. My wife yeah. saw you on TV the other day, and she said, <laughs> is, that Toby from this is, she said, is that Toby from This Is Us? Yeah, I know where you go. And I, I said, I would no. Like, I, I, would, I, I would like it to be new Toby, not old Toby. Yes, new Toby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it was the new Toby. So, okay, I, I mean, and I, and I looked and I said, like, if I was casting the Tom McCarthy story, the movie. Uh-huh. He'd be the guy, and apparently I'm not the first one to ever tell you this. No, you're not. I got a shirt for Christmas. Um, all right, so uh, real quick, because I know you guys are up against a time crunch. Um, I, was, I, I, was at, I was out one time about two years ago, and somebody said to me, I know you. And I said, oh, yeah? From where? He, they're like, I don't know where, but I know you. You're, mm-hmm. you're on TV, aren't you? And I said, <laughs> well, well, actually, yeah, I am. <laughs> I knew it. Honey. It is him. It's the guy from This Is Us. <laughs> and I looked and I said, Toby? And they're like, yes. And I said, that's not me. <laughs> I just posted pictures of the two of you on Twitter. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. grow the goatee, man, it's pretty uh, close. Pretty close. Hey, it's a good well, looking I, guy. I, I, have, I got a T-shirt from uh, my, my son Patrick's fiance for Christmas uh, two years ago. And it basically says that. So I don't, I'm not at home now, um, but if I do, I'll, I'll text you that pic, that T-shirt of of, cool. of of that sort of story about you're the guy from This Is Us. I love that. Well, and it's it's so funny because I I didn't see it until she said it, and then it's like, yes, yeah. it is. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, great job uh, on the tournament. Look forward to seeing you back uh, with the Phils. Have an easy flight tonight, and we always appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a great week. Rest, of, right. the, rest of your Sunday. Thank right, you, Tom. Well. well, there you go. I, Ray, I'm sure you've never seen that show. I have never seen it. Okay. And you don't get Twitter, so you can't see what I just posted. But it's obviously not the first to think of it. So right, I want to sneak in a call here. Bob from Deford has been very patient. He's got a draft question. What do you got, Bob? Well, it's actually a future draft question, Glenn, Glenn, but I do want to ask the question. Uh, By the way, great interview with Tom McCarthy right there. Thanks. Uh, Okay, 
Ray, I'm, I'm only an occasional caller, but like I call, always remind you a comment that I guess you said about a year ago now, and that is the towel under the door. Oh, yeah, Wilbert Montgomery. Right. <laughs> this is just an aside question, but I do want to get to my question. Ray, I believe this comment is true, but I just want to confirm it with you. At, I know it's a long time ago, but at that point in time, every player on the field, every coach on the field, every reporter, every college student walking by with a history book in their hands, Knew that Wilbert Montgomery is the best running back on the field, with one exception, Wilbert Montgomery. That's correct. Yeah, he was the last guy to realize his own greatness. <laughs> sometimes sometimes that happens. I mean, he came from a little college, Abilene Christian, had had a lot of injuries, you know, was a sixth-round draft choice. He didn't think he was a star. Even in that training camp where there weren't a lot of great players, he thought – yeah, you know, he thought he was in out of his depth. Only the coaches recognized how good he was, and even Dick Vermeil, who really loved him, I don't even think Dick realized that by the time Wilbert retired that he would be the leading rusher in franchise history, but he was. Okay. All right, Glenn, again, I do want to get to my question here. Yeah. All right, Ray, yesterday you talked about you had scouted a quarterback when he was, I think, 15 years old. So that brought to mind my question. There was a quarterback, which I'm virtually certain both of you know of, uh, who's a 17-year-old quarterback right now that a lot of people are talking about. And again, I'm certain both of you uh, know uh, him. Uh, who, I, who are you talking about? I'm sorry? Uh, who are you talking about? Arch Manning. Oh. <laughs> and and what are you... What, I, I've, I, right, I'm familiar with him, but I've never seen him play. Well, that's what, that's what I'm asking you, right? Ray said he, he looked at a quarterback when he was 15-year-old. So, Ray, have you looked at him at all yet? I have not. I have not. I mean, the only reason that that came up was because we were talking about it in the context of Matt Ryan, right. who I saw at Penn Charter. And the only reason, look, I don't, I don't go around scouting high school players routinely. It just so happened I lived one block from Penn Charter. So uh, I had to walk by their practice field. Uh, and so I saw Matt Ryan then uh, only because he was, he was a block from my back door. That's how that happened. Um, but, I mean, everything I've heard about uh, Arch Manning is that he's, he's a Manning, you know, and that he's, he's really good. I, you know, he's, is he going to be as good as his, as, as his father and his uncle? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about two guys that are probably Hall of Famers. But everything I've heard about him, yes, he's a really good, he's a really good young quarterback. 215-592-9494. Coming up, Ray, tonight, 8 p.m., the Oscars. Oh, I can't wait. Well, we'll discuss it. Ray and Glenn. 94 WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Arts.